You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Struggling to find peace and uh, so forth in the world that we're living in. But in the Word of God today, I'm glad that there's encouragement and I'm glad that there is hope. And we're going to find that today in the book of Psalms. Uh, chapter number 31 is where we're going to base this. Uh, And I want to preach on the thought today, a life in God's hands is never out of hand. A life that is in God's hands is never out of hand. And so with that in mind, we're going to read Psalm 31, and I just want to start by reading two verses, and that's verses 14 and 15. The Bible says, But I trusted in thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my God. My times are in Thy hand. My times are in Thy hand. Deliver me from the hand of mine enemies and from them that persecute me. You know, we are truly living in perilous times today. The Bible said that would be so. But I want to say that we're also living in exciting times today because we're living, number one, in the times, I believe, of the Lord's return or in the last days, many things to be excited about there. But I want to say something else about it. You and I are living in the times and in the day that God ordained for us to live in. It's not an accident that you live in this time. Therefore, when we put things into perspective, man, we can say, hey, this may not be a great time, but let me tell you something. It's your time, and it's my time, and our times, the Bible says, are in God's hands. So as we look in this world today, and I ask you the question, I started off asking it, but does your life ever seem out of control? I mean, do you ever feel like maybe your life's... It's almost like a runaway train. You know, that once the brakes go out on a train and, and it gets to going so fast and it has so much steam, and man, you're just rumbling and you're just waiting for a big, inevitable crash. Well, the good news I've got for you, child of God, is that if you're saved by God's grace, your life is in God's hands. My times are in thy hands. And if my times and your times are in God's hands, the hands that hold the universe, then i got good news. Our lives aren't out of control. My times are in His hands. And so when we look at it, I'm telling you, that's the way. That's the way, by the way. You know, I, th- I know there's some people that look at some of us as Christians, and I know throughout my time, uh, Ron, that there's been people that just probably figured that poor old Jesse is just oblivious. He doesn't know what's going on. And, and, and they assume that because, man, that dude's smiling. He's coming into work and he's just like, man, hey, everybody, how's it going? You know, great week. I mean, whatever. Poor guy, you know, does he not realize that the world's falling apart? Does he not know what's going on in the world? And I, but here's my perspective. I say, oh, yes, I know what's going on in the world, but I know something else today. I know that my times are in his hands. 
I know that my times are in His hands. And what the psalmist does in this passage, this this psalm, and if you want to know something, many of you do know, but the book of Psalms was the Hebrew hymn book. It's the book that they would sing in the temple and sometimes sing on their way to the temple, but it was their song book. So this is a song that they're singing this morning. But this song was written by David, it's believed, while he was fleeing from a king, King Saul, who was out to kill him. There was a king and a king's army that was hot on this dude's trail during this time. In other other words, things were not looking good in his life at the moment. But you know what he said? And, And he's talking about it. And the first half of this psalm, he's sharing all these things. He's sharing his grief. He's sharing his pain. And listen, I do not want to try to pretend today that there's not grief and pain. I don't want to try to pretend today that there are not legitimate concerns that we all face. Do not misunderstand me. Because David in this psalm is addressing those. But he comes to a conclusion there. And what he does is he takes his eyes off of the circumstances. Yes, there's a powerful king and a powerful army chasing him down. And he's looking at that. He's looking at his prospects. He's looking at how things aren't looking so great. How his world seems to be out of control at the moment. But he takes his eyes off of that for a moment. And he looks to the Lord and he says this, Lord, my times are in your hands. My times are in your hands. Therefore, whenever he looks to God, his perspective, his attitude begins to change. And what we need to learn to do, isn't it one of the reasons we come to church sometimes anyway? To be reminded and to be refocused and to say, you know what? I need to be reminded to look to the Lord. And to remember some things about Him. Because if we can get it into our hearts and minds today, my times are in His hands. Folks, it'll make a huge difference in your life. See, since my times are in God's hands, I am not trapped in the grip of some blind force. And since my times are in God's hands, I am not being tossed around on an ocean of chance. Just what's going to happen is going to happen. And and, and, and that's not the life that I'm living today. I am actually being guided by, and I'm being guided through by the providence of God Almighty. Why? Because my times are in His hands. What kind of times are in His hands? My good times and my bad times. My up times and my down times. Whatever it may be, my times are in God's hands. And now, uh, some hear the word providence, and, and they may begin to think of, you know, the, the, the hyper-Calvinists. Man, I would not dare let hyper-Calvinists rob us of the truth of the providence of God. Uh, the providence of God is a biblical truth. Our times are in His hands. The idea behind the word providence is someone defined it as the continued exercise of God, whereby the Creator preserves all of His creatures and is operative in all that comes to pass and directs all things to their appointed end. I love this thought. The Puritans, when they thought about the providence of God, I'm talking about our times being in God's hands, they called it a pillow on which to lay an anxious head. I thought tonight about, or last night, I thought about interjecting today the question, how did you sleep last night? 
But I thought about it kind of in a bigger scheme of things, you know. How are you resting today? How are you, uh, are, are you comfortable? Do you have peace? See, the Puritans, uh, they said, man, the providence of God is a pillow on which to lay your head, amen? Your anxious head. And the reason we can rest and the reason we can have peace in the midst of come what may is that our times are in His hands. It's the providence of God. And so when we think about that today, man, you talk about encouragement. See, in other words, God has a plan in all that I face. God is in control of my life. Job 23, verse 10, the Bible says, But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. He knoweth the way that I take. I love the personal emphasis of this, which is the theme of the Bible. The Bible says, my times. In verse 14, he says, but I trusted in thee, God. I said, thou art my God. My times are in your hands. Now, it would be comforting if I would just say and put it out here as a blanket statement. Hey, our times, our times collectively are in God's hands. And that's very true. But it's a greater truth than that because it's very personal. He says, my times. And you can say, your times. The personal nature of the providence of God. The personal nature of this relationship that we have with God Almighty. And may I just interject right here that if you do not have a relationship with the creator of the universe, the providence of God has led you here today to hear this message and to hear the fact that there's a God in heaven that loves you. And that the reason, you may know about Jesus dying on the cross and rising again the third day, but you need to hear today that he did it for you. He did it because you were born a sinner just like the rest of us. But Jesus went to the cross to pay the penalty, to, to, to bridge the gap that sin had brought between man and God. And He wants to save your soul today. He wants you to have a relationship with Him today if you don't know Him. Because it's a personal providence. It's personal. Not only is it personal, but it's plain. It's pretty straightforward. My times are in thy hands. Now, I hope to be able to answer some of these questions before we dismiss in just a moment because it's easy to say, but yeah, preacher, you said my times, but what about some of those bad times? What about some of those down times? Well, I hope to be able to answer that, but, one thing I, but here's one thing I will just go ahead and get way ahead of myself to say. I don't know the answer to everything that I have faced in my times. I don't know to the answer to everything that I'm going to face. But I do got one answer, Eric, and it's this. My times are in his hands. And <laughs> let me tell you something. I just, I mean, if my times and if your times are in God's hands, let me tell you something today. Your times are in good hands. <laughs> if my times are in God's hands, my time is in good hands. Because my times are in the hands, number one, of a powerful, all-powerful God who can do anything. I mean, the Bible says he measured out the oceans in the palm of his hand. That's a pretty big hand, isn't it, Gunner? Measure out the oceans in the palm of your hand. The Bible says he measured out the universe with a span. You know, he said, yep, we'll 
this, 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 infinite universe, my God, he's, it's big hands, amen? I want to say there's some loving hands. There's some, there's some hands that were willing to go to the cross and allow spikes to be driven through them. They're loving hands. And when I think about these hands with these, with these pierces, with these wounds in his hands, the thing I'm reminded about with these hands that my times are in is I'm, I don't understand it all. But my times are in the hands of a God who loves me very, very much. Because if you look at those wounds, you cannot deny that. We can question the ins and outs. We can question and we can say, I just, you know, but here's the problem. Too often we get so hung up on, I don't know why this happened. I don't know why these times. Have you had those? I have. We get so hung up on that. But the, the fact of the matter is, a lot of times in this life, there is not an explanation to these things. You say, well, that's not very satisfying. I'll tell you what is satisfying. When I say, you know what, Lord, I don't understand this, but when I look at those nail-scarred hands, my times are in those hands, I know you love me. I, I know, I know that you're too wise. To, I know those hands are too wise to ever make a mistake. Uh, we were, we, Chad and I were looking at some workmanship at the, uh, the venue that we were at last, uh, last night for a wedding, and we were just uh, admiring some of the, um, you know, redneck ingenuity, I guess you would say, in some of it. Uh, and, and it reminded me of some of the work that I've done on my house. Man, you can come into my house, and you can see that some of the work that's been done was done with these hands. And the reason you can tell that is, if you look real closely... Sometimes not even, you don't even have to look all that close. You'll say, what was going on here? You know, what, what, why, did, why did this, it, because these hands make mistakes. But let me tell you something. My times aren't in these hands. And how foolish are we sometimes? We sometimes think, oh, if I could just control things, really? See, God has a better plan. He's all powerful. He can do anything. He's all wise. His hands will not make a mistake. And he's all loving. I look at those wounds and I'm reminded about these hands that he loves me. I'll get ahead of myself here, but I, I think about my life. I, I, I think about some, some of the things that bother me that I just can't quite answer. I don't, underst- I don't understand why the woman that I love with all my heart. Can I tell you something corny today? Um, I was trying to think of a good farm joke, but I can't. But can I tell you something corny today? A good harvest joke, but uh, I'll think of it later. If I do, I'll share it with you because I know you're dying to hear a good one. <laughs> before Sunday school today, before the Bible study hour today, uh, we sang, In My Heart There Rings a Melody. I shouldn't tell you this. It's, it's just awkward and embarrassing to tell you. But man, when I first started dating Melanie, we would sing that song in the church that I was going to. Yeah. You know what I did? I would, put, I would insert Melanie instead of Melody. That's terrible, ain't it? But I'm not even kidding you this morning. And when we were singing that song, I thought about that. Man, I am, I am some kind of in love with this woman God has given me. I really am. I love her just like, man, uh, she's amazing. I uh, just love her more than ever. But my wife was diagnosed a number of years ago with MS. And uh, man, she, she's doing extremely well, especially compared to how others could do but I don't understand that. Uh, I don't have an answer for that. 
you know, and, 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 and I, I've shared this with you before, talking about those hands with those wounds in them, those, those hands. Her times are in God's hands. My times are in God's hands. And, and God convicted me a number of years ago because I, I remember, matter of fact, when I say a number of years ago, it might have just been a year or two ago, that I would be praying when I would pray for my wife like I do on a regular basis, on a daily basis and, beyond, and, and, and more. But I was praying and I said, Lord, you know, and, and I'm broken hearted and she was, she was going through a, a tough time this particular time I was praying. And it was just going through a bad spell and maybe a little, uh, you know, uh, a, a flare up or whatever. And I was praying and I just said, Lord, just please help her. God, I love her so much. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the Lord knew my heart. And from my heart, I'm praying this prayer almost as if, Lord, you don't understand how much I love this woman. You don't understand, Lord, how hard this is for me. That, that's, that was kind of what was on my heart. And just right then, God brought that to my attention. And it's, I feel like spoke to my heart and said this, Son, I love her a whole lot more than you ever could love her. You think you're crazy about Melanie. You should see how crazy I am about Melanie. Look how crazy I am about Melanie. So therefore, I, you say, well, what, so, so he's all-powerful, he's all-wise, yet he's allowed my wife to have MS. Yes. Explain that. My times are in his hands. See, oftentimes through the course of this, I pray for, uh, for a miracle of healing there. But you know what I have seen God do? I hadn't seen that, that, that miracle, but I've seen God do some miracles in her life and within her. I've seen some, some God do some miracles in our wedding or in our marriage uh, as well. I mean, the Lord's good, amen? He's good. And, uh, and, and, and you know, and so, so therefore you say, well, why, why did God give her MS? I don't believe God gave her MS. But God allowed her to, to, to get MS or, you know, however that works. Um, and, and, and I'm getting ahead of myself on that, but I'm just simply trying to say, I don't understand a lot of things. And one thing, when we talk about the providence of God, I guess I better just say for sure, because I just alluded to it, God does, not everything that happens, can I say this? Not everything that happens is the will of God. You need to mark that down right now. See, God has allowed men free will. And people have to pay the consequences for their decisions, and sometimes we have to pay the consequences for others' decisions. Because, but, but God, not everything that happens is God's will. It was not God's will for uh, my dad to leave me at, when I was a baby. That was not God's will. God didn't say, yep, how do I know that? Because God, God said that's not the way a man ought to be. A, a man's supposed to bring up his children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and, and, and teach them and train them. So that's not what he did. Therefore, he didn't do what God wanted. He did what he wanted. And then you know, left us with whatever. And I'm, please don't, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to play the world's smallest violin today and, and, and tell, be, be sorry for myself. I'm just telling you, those things aren't the will of God. It wasn't the will of God for me when I was, uh, I guess they're back in junior church now, but when, when I would have been about Hawker's age, uh, and uh, Hawker's on just the beautiful blonde mullet that was helped taking the offering just a little bit ago. When I was about Hawker's age, and by the way, man, I was sporting one a lot like that back in those days. I don't know if I could pull it off now, uh, but I was back then. But it, it wasn't God's will for me to be in a 
in a, in a home, especially on the weekend, some weeknights, to where there's a bunch of dudes sitting around uh, drugging and drinking. And one of the things I would do would, you know, uh, pass uh, the joint around to all the dudes in the room, and they'd, they'd get real wired and, and, and uh, drunk and everything. And then they'd toss me around the room to each other. It was a blast for me, by the way. <laughs> but that wasn't the way God, that was not God's will, Okay. So that's not, providence is not everything is God's will. Providence is God guides through all of that. Through other men's decisions, through other men's mistakes, through our own mistakes, God overrules in that because what happens is Satan and sin bring those things into our lives and he says, I've got this one. But then God says, oh no you don't. Watch what I do, amen. Watch the miracle I work. And so, uh, so, so I'll try to uh, continue on here. It, it, it's personal, it's plain, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, and and as, as a result, based on the principles of providence, based on the fact that my times are in God's hands, number one, uncertainty should not lead to panic. Uncertainty should not lead to panic. Do you know, you know the Bible says fear not? The Bible says fear not, 365 times. Ain't that good? We got one for every day, of the, uh, every day of the year. Fear not. Why does the Bible tell us so often not to fear? Because God knows we're prone to fear. God knows that we're prone to fear. See, each of us are prone to worry and anxiety. And listen to this now. As a child of God, in every case, ultimately, our fearfulness... And the sense of being overwhelmed is always due to a loss of confidence in one essential fact. And it's this. My times are in your hands. Now we could talk about big times. I talked about good times, bad times, high times, low times, but also big times, little times. Amen. All of it. I mean, you know what I've tried to learn to do? I get slowed down in traffic. I try not to freak out. You say, well, what does God, you know, God doesn't care about traffic and, uh, well, if it concerns me, He does. God doesn't care about your commute to work. God doesn't care about, you know, you, know, you uh, I don't know, hitting your head on the kitchen cabinet or running into the dishwasher door when it's down or whatever. Well, but, but are you sure? Because if Jesus said, not a sparrow falls from heaven without your father, and if Jesus says, I'm feeding all the birds of the world, I'm going to take care of them. By the way, another thing we see in providence of God, we have a part. Those birds don't just sit up in their nest and wait for God to make worms spring up in their nest. Number one, they had to make their nest. They have to work, but God is the one. You know, there, there's, a, there's that side of it. But God cares about those birds. The Bible says, and Jesus goes on to say, the very hairs of your head are numbered. So therefore, I believe the providence of God works in the, in the, in the small things, the, the seemingly insignificant things, as well as the other things. I can thank God for it all. See, nothing in my life has gotten out of hand. Nothing in my life has gotten out of hand. Now, maybe out of these hands, but not out of God's hands, because my times are in His hands. See, nothing in your life, if you're a child of God, has ever gotten out of hand. Nor ever will it get out of hand. <laughs> it's good news. 
All right. And so, uh, so therefore, uncertainty should not lead us to panic. We can live day by day knowing that the hands who holds our lives are the same hands which hold all things. The Bible says about Jesus Christ in the book of Colossians, He is before all things, He created all things, and by Him all things consist. The same thing, the same hands that keep the universe going like it is are the same hands that are working in my life today. Um... And as a child of God, it is important that we have a deep-seated conviction that our times are in God's hands. Because without that, this would be an awfully fragile existence, would it not? If we're really... See, I'm not telling you something as a child of God you shouldn't know or shouldn't believe, but I fear that many times in our daily lives, in our practice, we don't live as if we believe this. And what I'm trying to do today, I, I, I have intentionally repeated my times are in His hands as often as I have. Because what I'd like to do today is I'm talking to you about a song that was written in the Bible, Psalm 31, the, 30, the 31st song, if you will. And I'm just trying to get a little earworm in your ear. <laughs> you know those, you get music in there and you just keep singing it. Man, this is a song that we need to get in our ears and keep singing over and over again all day long. My times are in thy hands. My times are in your hands. All right, so uncertainty should not lead to panic. I'm going to try to give a, a, an illustration with a man's life here, and I'll try to do it quickly. In the life of Joseph. See, Joseph was a man, if you don't know him, I encourage you to read about him. His story starts, I believe, in Genesis 37 and goes through about, uh, really, uh, basically to the, almost the end of Genesis. Genesis 37 on to the end. But J Joseph, for those who know, as a teenager, he was... Uh, the, the next to the youngest of 12 brothers, okay? And his father liked him more than any of the other brothers and made no bones about it. His father made him a coat of many colors. It was just a, it was a great situation in some ways, but it made Joseph a target. Joseph, God gifted Joseph with dreams and the interpretation of dreams. But this caused resentment to rise among his brothers. So Joseph was... What they, they plotted against Joseph to kill him. They wanted to kill their brother. And by the way, if you, ever, if you have trouble in your family, don't think it's something new. It started, in, it started right outside of the Garden of Eden with Cain and Abel. But these brothers uh, plotted to kill Joseph. Can you imagine plotting to actually kill your brother? One of the brothers stepped in and said, No, no let's don't kill him. Man, was he a hero. Let's just sell him to be a slave instead. So rather than uh, killing him, they had beat him up pretty bad, thrown him into a pit, and then he was uh, sold to be a slave. He was taken into Egypt. When he got to Egypt, he was falsely accused. Uh, and then being falsely accused in Egypt, he was thrown into a prison for about 10 years. Now, if you know the rest of the story, because of Joseph's dreams, he was able to come out, interpret a dream for Pharaoh. Pharaoh elevated him to be the prime minister. Basically, uh, in almost every, uh, every way, he was put to be in charge of the whole land of Egypt. So God had a purpose for his life. But through his life, we see some things. So in Joseph, his uncertainty didn't lead to panic. You know why? There's a great refrain in the life of Joseph and that's this phrase where it says but the Lord was with Joseph and the Lord was with Joseph through all of this 
this, this, it was God's hand leading, not for him to incur this abuse, but since God knew he was going to incur this abuse, God was going to have a plan through this. So uncertainty shouldn't lead to panic. I've got to give you these quickly. Adversity shouldn't lead to self-pity. See, self-pity, when we indulge ourselves in self-pity, it's almost inevitably traceable to the fact that, we've, that we're unprepared to acknowledge that our lives are in His hands, that God is sovereign over our lives. See, if Joseph, just imagine if Joseph had done what some of us do and just focused on all that. Here he is, let's just go fast forward to here he is in prison. Been separated from his family now for like 20 years or something. And he's just sitting there thinking to himself, why did my dad pick me to be a favorite? Why did he give me that coat? He, he, could, have, he could have started to get bitter against his dad. He could have hated his brothers. He could, he could, have, uh, he could have resented God and the dreams and the gifts that God had given him. See, if he would have been focused on it, he could have cursed his father, hated his brothers, resented his dreams. But in Genesis 45, here's what Joseph said. So after all this time goes by, and then Joseph's brothers actually come to him not knowing that it's him, and they're begging him for bread because there's a famine. And this is in Genesis 45, verse number 5. Here's what Joseph said after he said, hey, I'm Joseph the most powerful man in the land, his brothers were scared and upset. But here's what he said. Now therefore be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. He said don't be angry with yourselves. Verse 8 of the same chapter, here's what, here's what Joseph says. So now, it was not you that sent me hither, but God. That's what Joseph's perspective was. But here's the problem. It was them. It was them. God did not put that jealousy in their heart. God did not put that murder and betrayal in their heart. They chose all of that. But what Joseph understood when he said, God is the one who sent me, don't be angry with yourselves, it was God who sent me here. What he was simply saying was, my times are in God's hands. I don't know why God allowed me to be beaten by you guys. I don't know why God allowed me to be put into a pit. I don't know why God allowed me to be sold as a slave. Well, by this time, he probably was knowing. But he didn't know through the process of all that. But the thing he did know is that his times were in his hands, in God's hands. See, the thing that you've got to understand is that we're not to the end of the story yet. You like to read books, you like to watch movies. You got to watch to the end usually, don't you? Because the story's not over yet. See, there's chapters being written in our lives. There's close we we need to learn by the way to turn the page on some chapters. Some of us can't get to the end of the book because we're still stuck on the first few pages of the tragedy if you will of the story. But God's not done with your story yet. Okay? So, 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 there, so there's no room for self-pity if my times are in God's hands. Number two, I'll say quickly what I just kind of said. The providences of God are seldom self-interpreting. See, Joseph was not down in that pit, hurt, bruised, bleeding, 
And not to mention how he must have felt in his heart, broken from his brothers doing this to him. He wasn't down there saying, man, you know what, it's all good. That's how people think I am sometimes. That's not what I'm saying. It's all good. I know that because of this, one day I'm going to be in the position to save the entire world, which is what all of this led to, ultimately. He became in charge. He had a plan to provide food during a famine that stretched across the entire world, and he was able to make a difference. But he was not down in that pit saying, oh, I get it. This pit, this abuse. I mean, he, didn't get just, he, he didn't get smacked across the head by Judah and punched in the ribs by Simeon and just think, oh, yeah, you just wait one day. This, this all makes perfect sense right now because that's not how life is. We don't understand it through the process. But one thing I do understand is that my times are in God's hands. The way I was raised, I tell you, I, I've told you before, I don't believe it was the will of God for me to be raised the way I was raised in, in many ways. I, I love my parents. I'm not trying to say anything bad there. But they were just unsaved and didn't know any better. Uh, we were raised by, by, by human standards, or by, not human standards, I'm sorry, by American standards. We were raised, uh, you know, very poor uh, and things of that nature. We, I, I've told you before, uh, if, if you look, that, that, I, that I would easily fall into the category of just poor white trash. That's what uh, I would have been considered. And by the way, that's what I still am, just saved by the grace of God and standing here before you. Uh, dressed up, amen, uh, and so forth. Need more antiperspirant, but I'm keeping my arms down so you don't see that. But, uh, but just still poor white trash today. But here's the thing. And there's nothing wrong with being poor, okay? But I'm saying that, that you know, we just, we just lived a little different. We, we had a different, different way of living, different philosophy. I mean, d- different, um, uh, I don't know, things that matter to us, different values, I suppose. But here's the thing. I'll tell you one thing right now. About the way I was raised, I find it really hard to judge people. I find it really hard to look at somebody. I find it really hard to look at a punk kid like I was. Uh, you know, just stoned out of his mind. Poor, you don't trust them. You lock your door when they walk by. I have a hard time looking at that kid and, and not thinking, man, what Jesus couldn't do with that guy. I have a hard time not thinking that way. You know why? Because I've seen Jesus do it. Not because everything's been perfect in my life, because things weren't perfect in my life. Uh, you you want to know something? Uh, it, it, was not the will, it was not the will of God when I was just a, just a little guy. It was not the will of God for, my, uh, for a neighbor to sexually molest me. That wasn't the will of God. But you know what? Through that, guess what I can do? I'm able to relate and try to help people who have gone through the same thing, which a lot of people do. You know, whatever the case may be, these things that happen in our lives that are not the will of God, but God can use them to make a difference in our lives. But the providence of God's aren't self-interpreting. We find security in this. Uh, I wanted to share Psalm 31. I would encourage you to uh, study it more yourself. But uh, Psalm 31, verse 5, see if this sounds familiar. Into thy hand I commit my spirit. That sound familiar? That's because Jesus was quoting this psalm on the cross. That's because Stephen was quoting this psalm when he was being stoned. And there's a security there. If my times are in God's hands, I can commit my ways to the Lord. Ignorance of the providence of God is ultimately uh, ultimate of all miseries, and the highest blessedness lies in the knowledge of it. I am closing with this this morning. Thank you for your patience. 
I told you today that Psalm 31 is a song, all right? And in 14 and 15, uh, that marks a change in the song, all right? <laughs> and it's pretty cool because before 14 and 15, here's some of the words. I'll just give them to you quickly. Trouble, adversities, grief, sighing, reproach, broken, fear, um, all these different things, all right? You get to verses 14 and 15, he looks to the Lord. He acknowledges and understands and embraces, my times are in your hands. Now, the words in the second part of the psalm are trust, mercy, marvelous kindness, love, saints. He's focusing on saints rather than sinners. Courage, strength, hope. And here's what I thought about. If you understand the middle part of this song, it'll change your tune. It'll change your tune if you know your times are in God's hands. There's many examples of this. I should have talked to some of you music majors about it. But I was thinking, one song I thought about is He Arose. He Arose. All right? You know how that song goes? For those of you that don't, I'm going to sing it. Exactly. No, I'm just going to kind of say it. All right? I'll kind of sing it. You won't know I'm singing it. I probably should have told you. All right? But it goes something like this. Uh, you know, low in the grave he lay, Jesus our... You know, it goes like that. Waiting the coming day. I'd like to hear you do it, Barb. Jesus our Lord. Up from the grave he arose with the mighty triumph for his foes. You say, you got a little pitchy. Don't I know it? Uh, he arose a victor. Over, you know, and all that. What, what happens? The tune changes. And in Psalm 31, the tune changes. Why? Because when we got to my times are in his hands, it changed the psalmist's tune. And some of us Christians, listen, there's a sad song to be sung there in the first part of Psalm 31. That's fine. We've got some grievances. We've got some pain. That's fine. But we need to reach a point in our song where we say, but I'm going to look to the Lord and my times are in His hands. Amen. And then you just imagine that. Ding, da, 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 da. You'll have to get up here and just do that before we go. Everybody knows what I'm talking about because I don't think my piano, and, uh, my piano, um, you know, uh, what, what do you call that? Uh, intim uh, woo. Can we edit this? It's on going on live. Amen. Uh, yeah, I can't do a piano with my, my, my words. Woo, I can't speak with my words either. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. Quit laughing at me, Trey. My goodness. All right, Ms. Barb's going to come. And I just got to ask you today, do you believe that your times are in God's hands? You say, preacher, I don't understand a lot of things. I don't either. I really don't. I can't answer all those things, but I know my times are in God's hands. See, God's providence is a, is a pillow on for, which you to, for, for you to lay your anxious head. Why do you insist on laying your head on that hard pillow of worry? That hard pillow of unanswered questions? It's okay to ask those questions. Jesus said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? It's okay to ask those questions. But it's not okay to dwell on those questions. We need to start, we need to dwell on the answers. My times are in thy hands, amen? And she's playing it right now. I don't know what, uh, what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow, amen? And I know who holds my hands.